Welcome back to DevCast with me, Doug Koenig. Today I have two special guests on my podcast. I have Masashi Nuromato from uh, the from Corp, and I have Magnus Mortensen from Malmö. I don't That's know right. what's more exotic, Redmond or Malmö, but uh, anyway. And today, we, now someone is breathing very hard in the mic. <laughs> Sorry about that. Uh, yeah. <laughs> so today we will talk about a book that uh, Masashi has written called The Cloud Designed Patterns. Uh, that we talk, that it's a big, nice list with with patterns for for cloud development. So very welcome, Masashi. Thank you, uh, Doug. Thank you, Magnus. Uh, should you uh, maybe introduce yourself to my listeners? Sure, sure. Uh, I, I can certainly do. You know, uh, hello, everybody. I'm Masashi Narumoto from Patterns and Practices at Microsoft. I'm a senior PM uh, in Patterns and Practices, just focusing on Windows Azure. And uh, so far, I have published five uh, guidance about Windows Azure. Uh, I, I have started with moving applications to the cloud, which is about migration scenario. The second one was... Um, uh, developing multi-tenant applications for the cloud, which is literally for multi-tenant uh, software as a service type of uh, guidance. And the third one was a hybrid uh, between cloud and on-prem. Fourth one was big data analysis. Then uh, the latest and greatest is the cloud design patterns. Uh, right. So, yeah, wow. I'm really excited to you know talk about it. Uh, before we start talking about it, Magnus, uh, many of course know who you are uh, from uh, that listening to my podcast. But maybe you should talk about yourself. And it has happened things uh, the last month or two. Oh, this is true. This is true. Thank you for uh, introing that, Doug. I actually started my own company called Magnus Martinson Consulting, which is exciting times. I've been an employee for about you know. 14 years or something like that since after university. And uh, now I felt that it was about time that I tried to take full responsibility for my actions and by starting my own consultancy. It's very exciting. Uh, I'm going to offer expert consultancy services around Windows, Azure, and cloud and cloud migrations and things like that. And I have, of course, invited you because you're an MVP on Azure and you're really interesting and you have been working uh, with many customers uh, to to implement uh, things on Azure. That's right. So I, I, I have extensive, actually, uh, at this point, I suppose I can say extensive experience on, on working with Microsoft customers to migrate and build applications for, for different types of cloud scenarios. And I've been doing so for quite a, quite a while now. It's very, very exciting. Every... Every new case is completely different from the other, and and it's always always fun to try to solve problems for for our customers. Uh, it's it's very very fun to work with with Windows Azure. Okay, back to you, Masashi. Uh, mm -hmm. The cloud design patterns. Uh, before now, someone is breathing very large, very <laughs> not very large, that's, very hard. Well, that's me. That's me. I'm gonna try not to do that. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, before, breathe in a different direction. <laughs> before we talk just about this book, how how do you manage to write five books and and have so much knowledge of of Asher? How do you do the writing process? Oh, uh, that's a great question, uh, Doug. Actually, uh, we have a number of people in advisory council. 
you know, including internal, you know, guys like, uh, you know, uh, you know, guys from product groups, uh, MCS, DPE, as well as uh, guys outside Microsoft, like MVPs, like Magnus, you know, actually Magnus was not part of the, you know, the board, uh, you know, a bunch of MVPs and, you know, other senior developers. But so, you, had Mike, you had Mike Wood on there. He's a good friend of mine. Oh, uh, Michael Wood. Yeah. Right, right. Yeah. yeah. He's one of the uh, two technical reviewers on this project, Mike yep. Wood and Bill Wilder. Bill Wilder, know them both. Great guys. Yeah, those are really great great guys. You know, yep. uh, there are a bunch of those guys in advisory board. So, uh, you know, every time we release the guidance, you know, before releasing it, we go through the review process with those great, you know, SMEs, subject, subject matter experts, to make right. sure, you know, we are not missing anything important. So uh, also the description of each, you know, the architecture guidance, uh, technically accurate and useful, practical. That's the kind of thing we, we, you know, normally do for each each guidance. So uh, you probably had uh, one or two guidance that you are working on right now, or? Sure. You know, uh, my plan for the next one is the big data analysis. You know, actually we worked on it uh, last year and put the hold on it uh, because of the, uh, you know, some, you know, the, the product release schedule, HD Insight. This guidance is mainly about HD Insight, right? And we postponed the release of HD Insight until, you know, last uh, October, November-ish. So now it's time for us to resume this project and, uh, you know, uh, finish it up. That, that's the kind of plan for the next one. And if we should deep uh, drill down now to the, to the book that we should talk about, and not about the book, about the patterns, of course, but uh, how is the story, uh, what is the story about the cloud design patterns book that you have, uh, how, the background for it? Sure, sure. You know, the background of this project is that, like I said, we already, you know, I personally published five guidance about Windows Azure, right? Then, you know, from PMP, there are two or three more, right? PNP uh, is the Patterns and Practices. Yeah, Patterns and Practices has uh, uh, two or three more guidance about Windows Azure, like a CQRS journey. Uh, Grigoli was the PM on it. And also data access guidance. This is mainly for NoSQL type of guidance. You know, Andrew was uh, PM on it and uh, a few more. So by going through those projects, we've identified uh, a number of reusable solutions for the commonly occurring problems in the cloud. So the the initial idea of this project behind this project is why don't we, you know, share those solutions to the community? That's kind of you know uh, how we started this project. So initially, uh, I was gonna provide a lot more code, sample, reusable sample code and document, but uh, we ended up uh, actually more document and less sample code, but you know, that's how, how you know. But isn't works. that better because the, the code can get old very fast, but not Yeah, good. actually, you know, to be very honest, you know, that's the kind of challenge we uh, have been struggling uh, with for the last three, four years, because, you know, every three months, <laughs> 
you know, chances are he gets obsolete, gets out of date, right? So yeah, and that's, that's I think the problem. Uh, and uh, Magnus can add to this. It is, uh, yeah, especially Asher is is going very, very, very yes, fast. Yes. So if I, like a, like I, if a I daily yeah, yeah, if I if I read the book that was published a year ago. Maybe it's mm-hmm. not through true anymore. This things that how, exactly. how should I keep up? Exactly, Magnus. So, how do you keep up? Well, I I don't have a life. <laughs> <laughs> no, I do have a life, but it's it, it it revolves surprisingly a lot around Azure and the work that I do. But also, I agree. I I voice this this opinion actually quite often on the insiders lists and and so forth in the NDA lists, and I say that guys, seriously, it's almost difficult for the experts to keep up with you, with all right. the good things that are coming out for the platform. So, yeah. how do you think it feels for the people who are not subject matter experts that are just trying to use the product? And it seems to be moving all the time. So that's mm-hmm. that's a it's a it's a blessing in disguise, or it's a it's a, a curse in disguise as a blessing, depending on how you see it. But the patterns, the general patterns for cloud, which is in this book that we're talking about today, is obviously much more stable than that because they are right, patterns right. that they are derived from. Um, gathering together the similar experience from all over and trying to derive general patterns from from that. Now, on the feature set, it's completely different because there's like every other week, there's a new feature coming out. Mm -hmm. And and there's a lot to deal with uh, when trying to be a a subject matter expert on Windows Azure. Right, exactly. Yeah, Magnus hits the great point. So that's kind of reason why we, you know, was... We were focusing on design patterns, more a little bit more higher point of view, rather than, you know, implementation details. How is it with the with the older guides? They are they a bit old now? Uh, for example, uh, the the first that was published four years ago or something like that. Uh, yep. You mean the brownfield and and this kind of exactly like, greenfield. Greenfield. You know, yeah. we uh, yeah up, we updated. Those two, these two guidance twice. So now the latest was uh, is the third edition, but you know still it's one year ago. So right now right. we it, it does move fast. So yeah, yeah, a little it's bit, a moving uh, target. Yes, yeah, yes. It is. But then I think is that your cloud design uh, book is is uh, as uh, Magnus and you said, of course, more stable and uh, it's it's a, some, something like a, a small gem that you can have. I think for for a long time. Oh, definitely. Yeah, I'm expecting uh, you know at least a, a decade. Mm. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Yes. I I believe that these the many of these patterns are very. Very classical ones for for solving cloud problems, and and I deal with with several of these daily, or well, almost well, at least weekly with my customers. Mm-hmm. It's, it's always good to bring out the general pattern to explain the the concept, and then then of course you bring in an implementation detail in the form of a this product or that product or something specific, right? Should you right. use the the Windows Azure queue or or a, a Windows Azure Service Bus topic, you know, depending on exactly what you need to do. But exactly. it it might be a decoupled uh, work work level pattern for instance that you're you're trying to explain to the customer. Yeah, exactly. And if you, if you start there, then you can show them the general idea and then then go on to the details. Exactly. Exactly. So uh, before we are uh, digging a bit deeper into patterns as such, uh, is it any patterns that are just for cloud? Is 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 cloud 
requiring new kind of patterns? Or is this just patterns that we had before but are now called something else? You know, that's uh, another great point. Uh, actually, we released 24 design patterns with 10 related guidance, right? So let's talk about 24 design patterns. So probably uh, most of them, like 20 of them, uh, not just for cloud, but for any type of distributed systems, even oh. it's running on-prem. That's like, right. You know, competing consumers or pipes and filters has been around for like uh, more than a decade, right? Yeah. So that's kind of very common patterns in any type of distributed system. But there are things like uh, computer consolidation, uh, cons- um Compute resource consolidation pattern. <laughs> this is the name we came up. You know, <laughs> well, you know, compute resource consolidation, which is mainly about consolidating workloads into a single instance of worker role, which is probably a little bit specific to Windows Azure or yeah. a cloud platform than on-prem. But again, you know, most of them uh, not just for cloud, but for any type of distributed systems. Yep. Uh, do you think it's the same, uh, Magnus? You're saying yes all the time, but uh... I am. No, I agree. I agree very much here with with what uh, Masashi is saying. Uh, the um, many of many patterns have have. So basically, that's what sort of signifies a really good pattern. If you can use it as a as a foundational block to explain a flow or a, a something that is happening or something that you need to do, and then. Of course, I mean you could you could apply the pattern to something that you run on a on a server in your own closet, or you could apply the the same pattern to something you run on thousands of servers in the in Windows Azure, right? So it's, right, it's right. really but a good pattern is is a good pattern. That's, exactly. That's, yeah. But you know, um, I still remember that when we were running this project, one of the, the team members was was asking uh, to the whole team. That why we should you know reinvent the wheel? Like most of them uh, already well-known patterns. Why do we have to uh, write up some you know guidance on it? And that that was a really good point. And we were thinking really deeply about it. And then you know articulated the reason why we are doing this, which is like you know several reasons actually behind. Like you know one of them uh, is. Like we can articulate the importance of those design patterns, uh, especially in the cloud. Why do we need those patterns? That's one thing. Another is that you know not just uh, very abstract information, but we can provide some more specific uh, uh, you know guidance to Windows Azure. Things like how to implement mm. each of patterns using features of Windows Azure. Right. I think the last part you say there is very important because mm. in my in my experience from working with with cloud migrations and cloud uh, green greenfield scenarios in in the mm. wild, mm. I can say that it's very uncommon that people, developers, project managers in general, have a deep understanding for these kinds of scenarios because they haven't been exposed to them very much before. So even if they 
might have some idea of of how to build those systems if you even if you explain it just briefly uh, a good pattern will always show you the road show you the layout of the land and that's that's very very important uh, it's, right, a good, right. it's a good way of explaining how to get how to get started exactly exactly but are you trying to, uh, when you uh, go through this pattern you said that you had a, a discussion about a na- naming a pattern are you trying to to see if if a pattern already exists and have the same name for it or are you trying to invent even the name of the pattern uh actually we didn't try to invent rename of the existing existing patterns if it's uh, well known already existed uh pattern we use the same name to avoid any confusions yeah. but you know things like uh, compute resource consolidations there's no such thing in the market in the field i mean right so we were trying to come up with nice name <laughs> but it's this is the best important. we could yeah it's very important the, yeah, the naming name is very the name, important yeah the name of a pattern is is almost key to the pattern itself it should uh, it should always almost uh, um, s- draw like a circle around the whole concept as such. If you just read the yeah. name, you should almost understand what we're talking yeah, about you can, just you from can the picture name. It. Yeah, it's you extremely can important it. in the name for a pattern, more important exactly. than than, uh, than people realize. Uh, I have to admit that we are not the best guy to name the patterns. <laughs> <laughs> so, you know, things like compute resource consolidations, you know, there could be a better name for it. Like, you know, candidate was like a share housing or, you know, shared house or whatever more, sounds more familiar name okay. than compute resource consolidation. But, you know, uh, <laughs> again, this, this is the best way. Maybe we, we share it in the next version if you get yeah, <laughs> very Yeah, exactly. Okay. Yeah, Magnus Dagen, uh, as a guy in Sweden, yeah, I need your help. <laughs> yes. uh, I, I, I had an interview with the Erich Gamma uh, uh, oh. three months ago. And oh, we were talking awesome. about uh, Monaco, but he's, of, of course, one of the, the gang yep. of four, the, the yeah. first patterns book that everyone exactly. has, but none has read. read uh, not, none has read. Maybe <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> uh, what What do you think, guys? Uh, we have talked about patterns for for about twenty years. That's mm-hmm. my experience. Has yes. has uh, is still patterns valid, or is it patterns that are uh, now uh, obsolete and we should think new? Or how do you think the history of patterns has evolved? You know, in my opinion, you know, uh, when we talk about patterns, there are uh, at least a few different granularity. So the things like patterns in uh, Eric Gamma's book uh, is uh, a little bit more smaller granularity than the ones in my book. But you know, it's still uh, very useful. You if you implement some you know the logic in your cloud or in any type of you know computing system. But you know there are some more um, you know coarse grained. Larger granularity patterns like CQLS, you know, just segregating read and write in, at the database, which is much more larger granularity than like uh, patterns such as factory observer kind of thing. Uh, you know, those are uh, not which is better or not kind of discussion, but it's just at the different level of granularity. That's kind of how I take a look at this, you know, landscape. The, yeah. the biggest uh, thing that uh, was an eye-opener for me uh, regarding patterns and, and Azure or, or cloud uh, is that you should uh, develop for fail. Yeah, 
Uh, and that's uh, if 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 you say that to developers today, they are they are looking strangely at you. <laughs> what are you saying? <laughs> right, Should right. we we build yeah, for right. success or for exactly. yeah? Exactly. They uh, might say, "Oh no no no, Masashi, we are trying to avoid failure, right?" But you know that's a thing in the cloud. It's gonna it's gonna fail anyway. So we well, have, you had to deal with it. We, we've tried to build systems for for decades that cannot mm-hmm. fail, with with big air quotes around cannot fail, and right. and and you know time and again things just break and and just blow apart. And and what we're really building here is is self healing systems that yep. can yep. can no- notice if they're um, if they're failing, can take uh, measures automatically to reassemble uh, themselves and and heal exactly. themselves. Exactly. And that's that's what really when you say that you design for failure, it's mm-hmm. uh, it's uh, it sounds negative. But if you mm-hmm. explain it, then sure, it makes more sense. I was just thinking. Right. I was thinking back when you talked about the origins of patterns, dog. Mm-hmm. Uh, the origins of patterns, uh, as we know it, is from from a, a gentleman called Christopher Alexander. Right, he right. didn't. He didn't write uh, programming patterns, but he wrote the mm-hmm. uh, architectural patterns. Right, and if you right. haven't read his great work, dog, you should actually pick up his book. It's a really fine read, and he's sort of the first person who actually to actually write down patterns the way we know it. Uh, he made. Uh, he. he uh, he wrote a really, really good book on the subject. Uh, to, to, exactly. do, to give an example of a pattern that are uh, meant for failing and is also rather new for me is the circuit breaker uh, mm-hmm. pattern. Right, uh, right. Hasashi, can, can you explain that um, in the fail category? Why, why, why should we need this kind of patterns? Uh, maybe sure. this is not a new pattern, but for me it's a new pattern. Yeah, it's kind of uh, in between, not very new, but really old. And circuit breaker is a pattern for dealing with failing remote service. So uh, in a cloud, there is some uh, use case that you have to depend on remote service. So let, let me give you an example. Like, uh, um, you see, in the database, you, you need for for the connection to the database, you need to, you now need the circuit breaker patterns or? Uh, it could be database or any sort of remote uh, web services. So, you know, one of the examples I can give you is that uh, this is sort of a, a content um, management kind of uh, website. Then uh, as part of uh, its feature, it has to validate all the wording in the content to find out any, you know, uh, bad word, to, to remove any uh, bad word. And to do that, this site was depending on remote service to validate its content and tell you, hey, you have to remove those words. Right? It's not, you know, uh, conformant to, to, to the regulatory kind of thing. But uh, one day, this uh, remote service went down. Right? So at, at the beginning, it was okay because, you know, every time it calls that remote service, it fails. But over time... Uh, it, the failure was accumulating, like right? so, ten failures, hundred, a thousand. Then eventually, this the whole website went down. That's kind of problem we are dealing with in a cloud. Yeah, you are like, dependent so, on other systems. That other don't... system, exactly. Right. Uh, where you don't have any control, right? you, you 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 cannot fix that remote service. It's somebody else's property. Right. So you, you cannot do anything. And you shouldn't even retry that operation because 
it, it's it's down. Right? So right. you already know that the request will fail. So you have to do something else. That's yes. where you know circuit breaker pattern comes into play. So instead of uh, you know uh, invoking this remote service or retrying that operation, you can stop calling that service. Yeah. So you need to control the traffic whether the, the request should go through or you know stop and return to to the client saying uh, it fails because the remote service is down at this moment. So it's kind of a you know we are using circuit breaker as an analogy. It's an electrical yeah. switch, right? If it's yeah. on, you know, the current goes through. If it's off, it stops, kind of thing. Yeah, that's that's you know uh, the, the what how this pattern works. This is a version of of building for failure, actually, uh, in a yep. sense that that when your remote service that you de- you are dependent on goes down, your site, your service should not go down, but it should try to continue, maybe with a degraded service, and say that we're not able to complete all of your transactions right now. Please try again later or something. You know, the the worst thing that can happen is that remote service doesn't respond the way it's supposed to, and then basically you show a yellow screen of death on your website. That's exactly. the, like the worst thing that could happen. So exactly. that's that's a circuit breaker. And that's what you know happens very often. It so, does. So, so the circuit yeah. breaker have also a self-healing uh, feature inside that it will retry in in five minutes or in a predefined time or something like that. Yep, you know, normally we have a, a predefined time, like, uh, you know, it depends on type of remote service, right? So let's mm-hmm. say 10 minutes. Every 10 minutes, uh, it will check uh, by sending uh, a limited amount of requests to the remote service. Yep. Then see if they are successful or not. If they are still failing, you have to assume that uh, the service is still down. But, you know, the order of requests are successful, yeah. you can assume that it comes back to normal. Yeah. Kind of there, there, yeah. There's a really funny thing you can do in a scenario like this when you when you develop stuff and you test for this. It's it's called mm-hmm. it's it's called releasing a chaos monkey into your code. Oh yeah, uh, yeah. I I love that analogy. It's basically a, a the analogy of a monkey running around in your server room right, pulling right. switches. It should be in the, in the cloud smashing <laughs> stuff, right? So yeah, he breaks he breaks things. Yeah. So like yeah. just randomly yeah. he just shuts down a service for you. And right, right. Your, your, the rest of your service, the rest of your application should continue to behave properly, yet may be degraded, but still mm-hmm. should continue to service your, your users and say that you know, there is some problem with yep. storing your stuff in the database right now or whatever the problem might be. Exactly. So you have to gracefully fail. <laughs> yes, that's right. Uh, immediately shut down. Kind of thing. Yes. Dying swan. <laughs> yes. Uh, yes. Uh, Magnus, <laughs> what do you think is uh, one of the most important patterns or architectural decisions you need to take in the cloud that wow. you, do, you didn't have 10 years ago? Well, I have a... I have a good one, um, which is an anti-pattern, but it's it's sort of it's not one of the patterns in your great work here, but it's it's one that I'd like to mention to you now that I'm talking to you. Uh, something that I see quite often, uh, again out in the field, is that people go and say, "Well, we're going to try this new thing here, this federated identity stuff, and use you know whatever the Active Directory in the in Windows Azure, for instance." And and uh, see if we can integrate the security with with our customer or whatever it is, and then 
of course, we'd also like to have the old uh, username password uh, thing still in service. So it's kind of like saying, let's try to embrace the new stuff, but let's only do it to the extent that we add the new stuff. We don't remove the old bad stuff, right? So it's it's sort of an anti-pattern. It's I call it the almost pattern. <laughs> and what, what what you think you should do instead? What what's a good solution for this? Well, you should make a decision and then you should go for, go with it. I mean, if you if you are very adamant about staying with the username password thing, you should do that. Stay with it and and uh, take that decision, you know, completely all the way, and say that yes, we looked into this federated identity stuff, and we decided to not to not go there. To try to do both is is a way, in a way, a, sort of a failure for me because the 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 reasoning behind doing the new stuff is that it it will be more secure. You won't store your your user secrets, and and you won't have to implement and maintain that code, which is the 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 logging code. Now, if you try to add the new stuff and try to keep the old stuff, you're not winning anything as a company. You're actually losing stuff. So really, <laughs> it's, it's so that's that's a, that's an almost pattern. You should you should try. You should just make it make a selection, make a choice, and go with it. Right, right. Okay. Masashi, yeah, what, what, what do you think is uh, other yeah, I, I, important I, I, patterns? Yeah. Oh, uh, but you know, first of all, I like your you know analogy. <laughs> you know, it's just expanding the surface for failure, right? That's right. You're expanding, managing yes. both Correct. new and old stuff. That's so, a very, yeah. very good way of putting it. You're adding, you're, exactly. you're expanding the surface for failure. Exactly. So yes. you have to make a decision earlier. But you know, for for other stuff, you know, actually we have eight different categories for for each of the patterns. Uh, scalability, path is one thing, and you know, resiliency is actually for managing the failure. Resiliency uh, uh, meaning that it is uh, how Quickly, you can recover from the failure. That's kind of a, you know what resiliency means. We have a, a few patterns in under the bucket. Also, security, something like federated identity patterns or valid key patterns or uh, gatekeeper. Those are really good ones. Mm. And other uh, important patterns uh, about managing asynchronous messaging or uh, messaging of, of sorts, like pipe some filters. Uh, you know, queue-based load leveling, you know, using queue as a buffer to manage the spike of the workload. Those are the very important patterns for, you know, maintaining your availability. And throttling is also, uh, you know, similar kind, but, you know, to deal with uh, sort of, uh, you know, the, the sudden burst of workloads by degrading your functionality or, you know, slowing down the pace of processing of the workloads, you know, request, I mean. Yeah, yeah there's lots of, you know, bunch of other uh, uh, important patterns. I, I wouldn't say one pattern is more important than the other. <laughs> mm. <laughs> it depends, you know, what kind of application you are developing and, you know, what kind of, you know, quality attributes you are looking at and all kind of things. But but how should you use this book then? Uh, is it just to read through it and have it in the head when you're doing new projects? Or how how should you work with this and and implement them in 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 your own solutions? Oh, so you know, like I said, there are eight different problem areas like you know scalability, resiliency, availability, messaging, and those kind of things. So that's uh, one way to help you 
organize the patterns. Actually, there are only 24 patterns, so why don't you just <laughs> read through all of them? <laughs> I, want the, I, I want the poster. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. That was part of the plan. And I'm still trying to release some of the uh, along that line. Like or poster. a t-shirt. Oh. I, want a, I want the poster I, as well. I, I, do like have, I do have t-shirts. <laughs> we do all the patterns on. Uh, not really, because um, yeah. <laughs> it's gonna be too much, right? Uh, Twenty-four patterns in one T-shirt, but you know, I do have T-shirts. I- I'll send it, send them out to you. Uh, Dag and Magnus uh, for sure. Thank I'll you, uh, Magnus. What do you think is is important things that that we as developers need to to wrap your our heads around. I can give two examples, and and you have maybe more. But uh, one example is the the queue mechanism to separate mm-hmm. different the workload, as you said, Matasha. Yeah. That that I think that not so many are familiar with. Even if if uh, MSMQ and MQ series has been around for twenty years, uh, it's not so common in 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 a in the Microsoft world to, to use that. And, and the other thing is sharding. Uh, when you talk about sharding of databases and such things, that's not also so common, but it's more and more important. So th- this is two things that I'm thinking about and, and talking about when I meet uh, developers. Magnus, do you have uh, comments on there or do you have other solu- uh, things that you're thinking about? Well, yes. Um, so the... Um, um... The the uh, retrying and, and designing for failure is the stuff that people are very unfamiliar with. Uh, trying to understand those concepts is, is something that takes a bit of time. Um, also, the uh, transient fault handling stuff is very important to realize that when you're not building one monolithic system anymore, which runs on basically just one machine and maybe or maybe just one machine in a SQL Server instance, right? Um, you need to you are decoupling your your application, and um, well, I guess the first law of distribution is to never distribute, but once you have to actually you actually have to do that anyway, and when you do when you have to do that anyway. You are starting to rely on using services instead of of uh, doing your own. I mean, you could have whatever you could have a caching service or a search service or something like that. You you have a storage service. You're building a distributed system, and the first uh, rule of distributed systems, if you have to distribute, or I guess the second rule, is to uh, to retry when you are failing, and not just immediately fail. Just uh, just try it again uh, and check. And it doesn't have anything to do with the Microsoft Windows Azure Cloud. Actually, any distributed service uh, system like this would behave the same. Exactly. And, and, and it's, it's a matter of retrying just a few times to see if it's just a little bit of a hiccup on the other end. And if I retry, you know, nine times out of ten, it's going to work the second time. And, right. and using, using code, writing code that does that is a little bit unfamiliar to people. Uh, exactly. They don't understand why, uh, you know, when it's on just one box and it's just a small service, it never fails. I mean, if it fails, then the whole system goes down. Well, that's not the case here. Uh, so, so that's that's a big one for many people to understand. Yeah, exactly. I, I totally agree, uh, Magnus. Because you know that's kind of reason why we released uh, re- retry as one of the design patterns. You know, yeah. Retry is very <laughs> basic concept, right? If yeah. something fails, just retry that operation. So why 
do we have to have document for us? That's just kind of a question. But you know, even for this kind of basic concept, you need to consider a lot of things. Um, you know, for instance, like when should you retry the operation? When you shouldn't, kind of thing. What yeah. kind of error you should you know uh, yeah. retry? Like, uh, like Magan said, yeah. yeah. There's there's uh, there's a difference between a failure and a failure in this case, and uh, mm -hmm. a per one person who who uh, sort of framed that very nicely was Clemens Vasters, service mm -hmm. uh, service bus guy. Yep. Um, he said uh, that you shouldn't catch falling knives. There mm -hmm. are some types of of errors, sometimes of problems that you can handle. If the knife is falling towards your hand with the with the hilt down, well, try to mm -hmm. catch it because you can probably mm -hmm. recover. But if it's right. falling point down, don't put your hand underneath it, because <laughs> you know you're catching falling knives, and and your your application might be very dead. You need to take right. some really drastic measures, maybe restart something. Uh, but but there's a difference between retrying and retrying. You have to know what it is you're retrying, and some things exactly. are not worth retrying. Exactly. So there there's a little bit of of error handling and understanding that goes into that concept, and mm -hmm. that's that's a biggie for people to to begin to use cloud. Right. Services. Also, uh, you know, the stuff like interval between the retry operation yeah. Uh, yeah. is also very, you know, <clears throat> things to, you need to consider. Like, yeah. It's not just like fixed amount of interval, like 10 seconds, right? Uh, you might want to consider, you know, um, uh, what we call this, you know, uh, you know, exponential back off. Like the yeah. first retry, you do it in three seconds. The second one, five seconds. Third one, ten seconds, like yeah. kind of thing. And the really exotic version of that is to do the uh, the exponential backup with with random intervals. Uh, right, sometimes, right. let's yeah. say that you're starting up a bunch of instances and they're all competing for the same resource. If yep. they all uh, synchronously back off the same amount of time, you're going to repeat the problem. So you yeah. might have to back up randomly uh, yes. so that they sort of spread out over time. And, right, right. Uh, but it's it's a, that's when you're building very large systems, and exactly. uh, mo most people don't. <laughs> Yeah, most of them now. <laughs> yeah, I remember Masashi that you said just about the, the add the random uh, to the to the patterns, so, so you mm -hmm. don't have uh, you will all hit the, the server uh, at the exactly. same time. Yeah, right, <laughs> right. right. Yeah, uh, we need to to wrap this up. But before that, do you think that uh, the 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 future of this book is that you will have uh, add uh, even more patterns, or is it finished now? Are you have you thought about all patterns or? Uh, no, no, no. Okay. Uh, this is just the first edition of the book. So the plan is to keep updating this uh, guidance for, for good, actually. <laughs> as long as we can have some additional uh, useful stuff, I, 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 I'm more than happy to add them. And actually, I already started discussing some of the uh, guys uh, in, inside product group or other MVPs to, to add some you know, more useful patterns to, to the guidance. Cool. You should add me to that list. <laughs> I'm opinionated. Well, well, you know, yeah, yeah, definitely. And, you know, <laughs> probably anti-patterns like almost pattern. Yeah, right. Magnus is very good at anti-patterns. I'm, 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 I'm the, the anti-patterns guy. <laughs> Crowd anti-pattern guidance. That's Thank right. you very much, Masashi and Magnus. Thank you, Doug and Magnus. Took the time. And uh, if you don't have 
read the book or even know where it is uh, look in the in the show notes of this uh, uh, this uh, podcast and you will find it and i think you really need to have it in your favorites in your web browser so That's thank right. you very much guys thank, thank you guys you. thank you bye bye